0: I think that the biggest thing that I had to get used to was time management and just organization and really realizing my goals and what it is that I wanted to achieve because college is obviously really fun, but you know, you only have the three S's and you can only pick two out of three. And, and the three S's are sports, socialize, and school. And so you just have to be very smart about what you pick. And I think at the beginning of my freshman year, I-
1: if you want more power, better vision and a bulletproof mindset, then I would like to welcome you to CG+, Complete Games Online Player Development Center. Now, baseball and softball players of all ages and skill levels can access a multimedia experience providing education and instruction on your personal mobile platform. Rob Cruz has put together an online video portal, a remote hitting program, as well as a series of online hitting courses boasting a curriculum that features pitch recognition strategies, power, video analysis, mental skills, and then some. For more info, log on to www.cg.plus. That's www.cg.plus to find out how you can complete your game today.
2: Welcome to the Transcending Sport podcast with Rob Cruz, an audio experience bringing you interviews, conversations and more from some of the most intriguing personalities in the sports world. And now, your host, Rob Cruz. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Transcending Sport. I am your host, Rob Cruz. My guest is the Yonce of softball. AJ Andrews what's up AJ what's up
0: what's up
2: <laughs> how you doing I'm glad you could be on today um I know I, I, I've, been, I've been um, checking out your Instagram and you've been really really killing them with all the content and it, it, it inspires me I'm like this girl is really getting it done um so talk to me about where you from where, where you from by the way I'm from Clearwater, Florida. Clearwater, okay. I was just down in Clearwater. I, I funny, I used to do a camp um at the Eddie Eddie C. fields
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. I used to do um a winter camp down there, like President's Week. And I'd have some some uh softball players from the northeast come down and we would, you know, get an opportunity to get out on, on some dirt early before everyone else and then we do a couple of college tours and all that good stuff. Obviously Tampa, Clearwater, Palm Harbor, you know, that whole area is a really beautiful, beautiful place. So is that where you yeah. grew up? Is that where you grew up?
0: Yeah, so I grew up playing at Eddie Seymour every weekend
2: and um, played at Countryside High School, so played Palm Harbor and uh, a lot of different schools in that area. Oh yeah, okay, that's cool. And travel ball, uh, what team did you play for um, coming out of coming out of high school? Going into college. The last team I
0: was on was called
2: Team FLA. Team FLA, okay. So that would be Team, team Florida, Florida, right? Okay, that's cool. All right, so mm-hmm. so, grew up in, in Tampa. And when did you start playing softball? Uh, I
0: started playing when I was about 11 years old. So I started with the Little League, called Oldsmart Little League. And yeah, softball was about like the last. So I played a lot of sports when I was younger, and softball was really the last one I picked up. And just kind of, but it's the one I stuck with.
2: So okay. So, funny. what other sports did you play, and when did you, when did you pick up softball?
0: So, what sports did I play?
2: Yeah. What other sports did you play, and when did you actually pick up softball? Well,
0: I played soccer. I played basketball. I was a cheerleader. I ran track, and I tried just about everything. So, I tried mm-hmm. swimming. I tried tennis, and but I was actually I was really good at soccer, and I played. Basketball often, and I was a track runner. So then I started picking up softball around 11 when I just used to go to my mom's co-ed softball games, and for me it was just fun to go because we always put of the kids there. But she just asked me if I wanted to try it, and I was hundred been a kid that would have tried any every sport, so uh-huh. I tried it. Mm-hmm. And softball was just really that the only sport where. I feel like I had fun first before it being completely competitive. I'm extremely competitive and I just like to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but softball was definitely, it was different because I just had fun before even beginning to get extremely competitive about the sport. And so I think that that's really what kept me in it and kept me grounded to the career that I have now.
2: That's great. Cr- um, when did you realize that you were fast and that your speed was an asset that could catapult your career to a really high level?
0: I realized I was fast when I would go to a place called, it was this roller rink, uh, Astro Skate when I was younger. And we'd always go there for just field trips or just for fun, birthday parties, and they would always have races, and they always had a foot race. And one year I ran up against, it was just a bunch of boys, and they're all older than me, Mm -hmm. and I beat them. (laughs) And so, yeah, that was definitely probably the first time I was like, oh, I'm pretty fast. And I think that, you know, me going into softball, I mean, being fast in basketball, being fast in soccer was always definitely beneficial. Uh, but I didn't realize it's definitely in softball a game changer, especially on the base pass. And so me being able to utilize that in games, I think they really like, astonished people and they were really afraid of me. And I was able to really make people make errors or make wrong decisions due to my speed and what I could do on the base pass, but also in the outfield. Uh, just being able to make catches that people probably didn't think I would have made. And so I think that utilizing my speed really helped me develop to be a better player and to elevate myself past a lot of people. I think people there are a lot of people that are fast, but you just have to really know how to use that speed. And I really tapped into that early and realized the things that I could do. And I just really got excited about challenging teams and people with my own capabilities and so mm. i think that's when i really began to uh, develop as an elite player and i was probably i mean that was really the beginning of me playing but once i started playing ball, which
2: was around 12 years old wow so it, it seems to me that that you brought a whole lot of athleticism from other sports that you picked that you played throughout your life to the game of softball which i find is an important thing to, to bring that athleticism from other sports um, to to the game of softball. What do, you, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's important to play multiple sports as a kid. I don't think that kids should be stuck with one sport, one sport only when you're younger because you develop so many, you develop athleticism, honestly. You develop yes. set, you develop a different way of thinking when you play different sports. Um, With soccer, I was really able to read the field well, Mm. and I think I developed that over time. Basketball, Mm. I was really agile, and I was really good at anticipation with with basketball. Mm. And so I think that being able to bring those things into softball is only going to elevate your game 100%. I anticipated where I felt like the ball was going to land, and that's where (laughs) I'm amazing in the outfield because of my ability to anticipate where the ball is going to go not where it is due to basketball I'm able to read the field so well and be able to take good reads on the ball because of soccer or when I'm hitting I'm able to read the field really well and see the holes that maybe don't really seem like they're there because of soccer Um, I think that there's so many different aspects to different sports that can be used in the sport that you play if only you take the time to do that so I think that um, and also, I mean, you, as an athlete, you're able to be injury-free if you play multiple different sports when you're younger. Because Absolutely. you're working so many different muscles. And when you only stick to one sport, where you're not working every part of your body, that's where you're going to find a lot of injuries at a young age. I had no injuries when I was younger. Wow. Zero. Wow. And I think that <clears throat> it's amazing to see. Like, I, when I had surgery a year and a half ago... To see all these young kids in there getting <laughs> rehab, it was it blew my mind a little bit, and I was like, I'd never even saw any of this, and I think that that really is a testament to athleticism and what other sports are able to do for you and your body at a young age. And so I definitely think it's important to play multiple sports as a kid.
2: Yeah, I think those those players that um that are that are one sport specializ- specialization athletes have a tendency to suffer from overuse. Um, and definitely suffer from injuries. I, I totally 100% agree. But going back to what you said, <laughs> this is really good, by the way. Uh, you said something about reading the field and being able to, to, get, to, to, to anticipate early. And I think sometimes with fast, in, in my experience in baseball and softball, and coaching really fast athletes, sometimes it's like, the, sometimes a, a player can be fast but because they're getting late reads and late jumps, they're just like the players that have average speed. So their speed isn't really enhancing them. But if you can be fast and get early jumps and early reads, now you become super, super elite and super, super valuable. And you'll be able to dominate the sport and dominate the game. Hence, hence you have been such a dominant player throughout your career at LSU, even professionally. And and I think you know that's the anticipation. I'm glad you brought that up it's not just speed by itself, it's it's the anticipation and the reading and getting those great jumps and the timing of the pit you know, timing those pitchers and getting off that bag, off that off first base on the steals. I mean, it's just so many different things. Um, Just reading the game and that people don't usually talk about. And I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, So let's, can, can we go? So LSU, how'd you, how did LSU find you? And why did you pick LSU?
0: Yeah. So LSU, I was playing at a tournament. I'm pretty sure it was the Rise of tournament down in Fort Lauderdale area. Mm-hmm. And, and LSU coach was just walking by as I made a dive to catch in the outfield. And so, you know, what I tell kids all the time is, you know, if I didn't make that one catch in that one moment, uh, my entire life would be completely different.
1: <laughs> wow. And
0: so I think that that's extremely important to the fact that you just never know who's watching and you mm-hmm. always have to give 100% effort and you always have to be yourself mm-hmm. um, and I think I can tell that same story was when I won the gold glove where I didn't know that year they were going to be giving out the gold glove but because AJ and is someone that likes to make plays I'm going to make plays regardless and you know it tended to have to be this was the year that me making these plays was the best year for me to do that mm-hmm. and um yeah, I just think that, you know, going to LSU, it was such an uh, amazing opportunity to where I just, I was able to truly use everything that I learned from travel ball and like you spoke before about, you know, anticipating and reading the field and being able to really showcase myself as a different athlete that differentiates me from other people. And it's 100% it 100% is. You talked to about Sharina. At LSU, she'll tell you, I just read the balls differently. Mm -hmm. I just see the balls differently than other uh, outfielders. And so I think that that is 100% something that is a skill set that I have that maybe not everyone has. I think Mm -hmm. people read balls well, but I just, I truly read it as if I'm looking where it's going to land. Like, I don't look at the ball and I'm running with it. I'm running to where I think the ball is going to end up. Mm
2: -hmm. And I
0: think that that's really why I've been able to make the plays that I'm able to make.
2: Wow, that's great. So, in your time at LSU, um, was that, I mean, obviously you're coming from Florida, you're going to Louisiana. How was that transition for you? And was that the first time you've ever been away from home? And how was that transition? And when you went in, like, what were your expectations? Did you have expectations? And, or did you exceed your expectations? Um, I think you did exceed your expectations, but (laughs) I'll let you tell the story. (laughs)
0: Um, yeah, I mean, well, coming from Florida, going to LSU, it definitely, to me, wasn't that, it wasn't far. It was just a 10-hour drive, really an hour flight from Tampa, Florida to New Orleans. So I was excited to be able to be, you know, far away enough from home to where I could truly have my own life and have a true college experience, but still close enough to where I can go home whenever I want and my parents can come see me, whatever. Mm-hmm. And for me, though, I, I'm, always, I'm extremely independent, so it wasn't the transition of being home for 18 years now all of a sudden living on my own was definitely nothing that it wasn't hard for me the way it probably is for other people but also you know I mean I'm one of three I have three or two younger sisters and we all play softball so travel ball when I was traveling and my sisters are younger than me like I said so my parents didn't go with me to a lot of tournaments so i had a lot of experience on being on my own different states different cities for a extended period of time and having to truly take care of myself that's, and so that's you know big. the transition yeah. to college really wasn't that bad um and it was exciting i think that the biggest things i had to get used to was time management and just organization and really realizing my goals and what it is that i wanted to achieve because college is obviously really fun but you know you only have the three s's and you can only pick two out of three and and the three s's are sports social life and school and so you just have to be very smart about what you pick and I think at the beginning of my freshman year I definitely picked more social life and sports and so you know dialing back in to focus on school and sports um, I think that was probably the hardest part of my transition but it was definitely a really great learning experience. And I think freshman year, I think you should take that as a learning experience. Don't come in with so many expectations because you will get humbled very fast. You oh, know yeah. I mean? Everyone mm-hmm. comes from Chava Ball and they are the best on their team or one of the best on their team and they think that they're going to come into college and be the best. And, you know, while that does happen for many, for most, it doesn't. For most, it's a learning experience. For most, it's an opportunity for you to come in and learn from those that are great and have been there before you. And um, I think that if you look at your freshman year as this is a time where I'm going to learn and completely develop as an athlete, and whether that makes it All-American your freshman year or it trains you to being All-American for the next three years, I think you have to look at it as an opportunity to completely get better instead of looking at it as, oh, I'm here, I should start, oh, I'm not. I don't know what to do. Maybe I should transfer. Mm -hmm. I think that's what a lot of people come in with that mentality and so, yeah, I think the transition, you just have to understand that it's going to be, there are going to be some difficult aspects, but if you look at everything as a learning experience and an opportunity to get better, um, your future will be bright.
2: That's great. So you come out of LSU and you go into professional softball. Well, what'd you major in? Before we even get into professional softball, what'd you major in? Uh, at L- my at undergrad LSU? degree. Yeah,
0: yeah, my undergrad degree was in sports administration. Sports
2: administration, okay. And I... Got my master's degree a year ago in math communication. Oh, great! That's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. So now you now you go into pro- professional softball, uh, and you know, having coached myself at the professional level with the with the SA Pride, uh, with 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 Beth Tarina, by the way, <laughs> Beth Tarina, Coach Tim Walton, right. and, and myself coached the Pride for, and we won the we won the first championship for the Pride. And um, nice. th- So that was cool So I got to know Beth Really really well And she she's like One of my favorite people On the planet earth One of the most Competitive women I've ever met Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, I know you know that <laughs> Oh my gosh she, She's great um, So But You know go, coming, coming into pro ball You know Obviously There aren't that many Opportunities For professional Softball For professional sports In general For women to be able to sustain themselves for financially um let alone just just be able to play you know so what is that like being a professional athlete and how do you how do you navigate it how, how do you how do you survive
0: well i think when you become a professional athlete adapting to realizing that you are truly having to be responsible for yourself and your success is definitely probably the hardest part there's no one There's no time schedule, right? In college, you have to be somewhere at a certain time every single day. Your day is basically planned out for you in college. And, you know, you can get better. I mean, obviously, there's those people that are very self-motivated and come early to practice or stay late because they want to get better. But then there's other people that truly rely on that schedule in order to maintain their success. And so I think the biggest transition or the biggest part to get used to when becoming a pro is that you are 100% responsible for how you develop as an athlete and if you're going to get better or if you're just gonna plateau and stay the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, for me, you know, that's I'm very self motivated. So I don't need a schedule in order to get up and go do things or make sure that I am getting my work in because I, I want to be the best regardless. And I think that, you know, it's just it's just taking accountability. That's really I think the biggest part about becoming a professional athlete. At the end of the day uh, you're getting paid. It's a business, right? It's no longer. I mean, college is very much a business as well. But I think that at this point, you're getting paid. So it's really how much work you want to put in to get the result that you may want to receive. And I think that that's really something for, you know, if you want to play at a professional level, you got to start being self-motivated now. You have to start making your own schedule. You have to start Um, realizing the goals that you want to achieve and setting aside a true guide to how you're going to get there. And I think that that's really what has helped me align myself and get used to professional softball life and being able to be prepared and achieve everything that I want to achieve.
2: That's great. So you, you, you are the first woman to receive the Rawlings gold glove award now when i when i heard about that let me just tell you i was like you go i was like yo that that was i was fired up and i I know you were and i know i know everybody was in in the softball world because that was the first time that rawlings recognized women And, and 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 not not that women should not have been recognized earlier but at least somebody stepped up and and softball and say we, we, we need to put these girls are making plays these, these women are diving these, these women have strong throwing arms you know we need to we need. and i'm glad they stepped up and i'm glad you got it and i'm glad you were the first one and that and that made room and made what paved the way for other women to go ahead down the line and, and who, who have received the award and who will who will receive the war going award going forward so how'd that feel what was that like um tell us a little bit about that
0: I mean, winning the gold glove, in my opinion, is definitely an opportunity for young girls to have bigger dreams and to honestly dare to achieve more in their lives. Because I think before, you know, 2016, there's—I there's, there, mean, there wasn't a person or a young woman or a woman in general saying, Yeah, it's my goal to win a gold glove this year. Mm-hmm. And so after I had won the award, you know, that now opens the door to so many more people to dream, to attain bigger, and to have more dreams and I think for men you know there's just so many there's so many opportunities for them to truly see themselves excelling and there really isn't that much for women so more the more opportunities we can have where young women feel like they can be successful and there isn't a peak to their career or it doesn't have to stop in college I think that that for me is really what is the most gratifying uh, to be able to, to make history, but to really allow people to feel like they can make history as well. I think once one door is knocked down, that just leads to more doors that other people are just going to be prepared to knock down. And I'm glad to be one of those people that has knocked down a door. And I think that, you know, for for the other women that have won the wrong club after me, I just hope that you know, we're able to continuously get the respect and recognition that we deserve, the same way the MLB players are, receive it, because, you know, they work really hard for that award. And so weak. we. At yes. the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, it's even harder for women er, to get that award, because there's only one that wins it. And in Major League Baseball, you get it for your position. Mm-hmm. But in softball, literally, you're the best defender, period. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, You know, it's it's definitely a little bit of a harder award to attain as a woman. So I think that it's amazing that Rawlings recognized softball and I hope that that recognition continues and it only elevates and that it only allows younger people to have bigger dreams and to now want to say they can be and want to be a professional softball player.
2: Yeah, I hear you. Shout out to Rawlings and shout out to you. Um, And uh, you know, most people at the youth level, put such an emphasis on offense and such an emphasis on hitting that a lot of the other parts of the game, like base, like base running, and particularly defense, but especially outfielders and first basemen, I think the the, the players, the young players, are really not um, conditioned to take pride in their in their defense um how, why did who, who inspired you and why did you take so much pride in your defense what, what was that what is that about that that's not normal it's not normal for a young athlete especially an outfielder first baseman those are kind of those positions where you kind of put a bat hey if you can hit we're going to put you in the outfield you know shortstop shortstop second baseman third baseman catchers you, you listen you hear them mostly take pride in their defense why did why did you take so much pride in your defense i'm curious
0: well, I think pride in defense because I feel the offense self-tickets with defense wins games. I think at the end of the day, you could be the best hitter in the world, but if you have an opportunity where you're going to hit a line drive, right, everyone's cheering for that, and I come out of nowhere, and I snatch it. Um, I think at the end of the day, that is truly a game-changer. Someone making a play on defense are game-changers. They hit, yeah, they come here and there, and they're extremely exciting, but If you've ever been in a crowd at a softball game and you've witnessed the energy completely change from someone making an amazing catch, it is truly groundbreaking. And Mm. it's an opportunity where those athletes now can completely shake the table. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're an outfielder and someone is up to bat and they're saying, okay, I just can't hit the A.J. Andrews, I've already won. Right now you're deciding, okay, I have to change my entire at-bat because I don't want to hit it anywhere near her. And I think that when you have that type of power, I mean, it's the same way when a pitcher comes up, right, and she's thinking, and she's already thinking, okay, I cannot throw her inside. If you slip up and you throw her a pitch that's middle in, boom. Like, you just, you can't think negatively. But if you are a defender that is such a force to be reckoned with that you make people feel deflated because of the plays that you make, you've already won. And I think that defenders are such game changers, honestly, and I think that you should take pride in your defense because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, uh, coaches, you know, they, they're, yes, yeah, hitting is very important. If you're a great hitter, they will try to find a place for you in the lineup, but at the end of the day, if you are a defender that changes the course of each and every game, they're going to keep you in that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that people love hitters, you know, that's definitely something that in baseball and softball is important. But at the end of the day, we don't see hits on Center, right? We see the defensive plays on Mm Center. So I think that that's really what you need to focus on as a player. Yes, focus on hitting. I'm not telling you hitting isn't important, but you have to realize defense is just as important, and it will help elevate you to a higher level of success the same way that hitting would.
2: Interesting. (laughs) Okay, so now, yeah. uh, and I'm just going down a line, I, I got some points in, and, and I basically just went off your Instagram bio. <laughs> I just basically said, I looked at all, yeah. I looked at everything that you said about yourself and I said, hmm, let, let's, let's let's start right there. I don't gotta go any further. So let's talk okay. about this because you are an inspiration to so many. And as a, as a, as a black person, as an African-American man who played baseball, who understands the, the the dynamics of of race in America and how we need role models? We need role models for African American people. Uh, we need role, role, I'm sure we need role models, of course, for African American young girls who play any sport, specific. But we're talking softball now, so let's talk softball. How have you been able to 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 give back, reach back? I, I see you have motivational speaker down as one of the things that you that you do. And how important is that to you? And how how do you how do you um, navigate that whole look? I got to make sure that that I'm that I'm representing in, in a way that's positive. I have to make sure that I'm representing in a way that's that's forthcoming um, to make sure that that I'm I'm that beacon of light and a beacon of hope for young Afri- African American girls. Yeah, I mean I definitely think representation
0: is uh, the utmost important. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, in softball, you're gonna find maybe one, maybe two. African-American women on a team, and I want that to change, right? I don't think that it is at all indicative of the African-American talent that is out there, and I feel like because it's not so prevalent, people have this notion that African-American women are not as talented in the game of softball as their counterparts. Um, You know, there's times when you expect a Black person to be fast. In reality, this is just someone that can stand in the box and rape. And then, you know, it's, it's like it's an expectation versus mm-hmm. something that's actually astounding. Yes. So when you have someone that is not of color that comes to the scene and is really fast, she gets the credit for, oh, wow, she's really fast. She could be a playmaker. Let's put her here.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: think that the, the thought process on, um, on race and how athletes should be portrayed in a sport only changes when the representation is extremely prevalent. And that's why I try to use my voice and talk to as many African-American girls as I can because I understand that in order to believe it, you have to see it. There's some things in this world that people truly don't think are attainable until they see it being done. And I just want more and more people to realize that it is being done and there's more people that can come along and help get it done as well. And, you know, one moment that really will always stick with me was after one of my pro games... And I had a terrible game. I was like over oh, four, but a young African American woman and her daughter came up to me and she's like, "Oh, you're now my daughter's favorite player." And I'm thinking, there's absolutely no way you're taking me for someone else. I had a terrible game, mm-hmm. and uh, she just reminded me that no, she's like, she saw you and she said, "Mom, she looks like me," and she's like, "She will now always be your biggest fan." And you know, for me, it just—it really was. A moment of self-reflection where I realized it doesn't matter what I do on the field it doesn't matter uh, what my performance was it matters that I showed up it matters that I was there it matters that now this young girl feels like this is something she can do as well and so that's why it's so important for me and it was always important but I think that that one moment is something that I always reflect on and always go back to to realize that because you don't necessarily have to have the perfect message you don't necessarily have to have the best game but you being there is proof enough that it is possible and it's going to inspire someone to want to be there
2: as well wow <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> um I gotta get myself together right now that was, that was really good that was powerful um so <laughs> so now now what I think, I, think, I think that's the big question. And it's funny because when I coached in the pro softball, when I first, let me just tell you this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be 100% transparent. When I first got the call to to coach in the professional softball world, um, I'm sitting on my couch and Tim Walton gave me a, sent me a text message. Hey, do you want to coach a team? And I was like, no. <laughs> because, because everybody knows that I don't really want to coach a team. <laughs> And then he goes, yeah. he goes, no, I'm serious. He was like, he's like, quote unquote, a real team. I was like, okay, I'm listening. And then he told me about the opportunity. And then I'm because in, in my mind at the time, right, um, I didn't really understand the importance of professional softball for women. I didn't, I didn't understand it because I, I didn't see. how, I'm like, well, how are they going to? If they can't feed their families, how can they sustain a professional softball career? And why is that important? I didn't get it but when i but when i when i, when I took the opportunity and i was in there and i was spending time with the women that were playing professional softball and i was looking at the amount of sacrifices that they were making they could easily go get a job and go go into corporate america they had degrees they had an education but why did they want to hang on to the game why did they want to still be a part of it and and be um just minimized and Almost like you're putting in the same amount of work, more work than your male counterparts, but yet you don't get the credit, and you don't get, and you don't get the benefits of being able to even sustain yourself with just that job. And 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 it, it dawned on me, and I saw it the most in in Megan Willis, and she doesn't even know this, but like she really opened up my eyes to understand the importance of what you what you. Women are doing for the game, and it's selfless. It's one hundred percent selfless because you don't do it for the money. And most men wouldn't do it if the money wasn't there; it wouldn't even be a dream. Like they wouldn't even do it, to be honest, (laughs) you know. But um, it's it's like women—you, you you guys know that the money isn't there yet. You still, it's still a dream, and that is like—I don't even have words. Um, but can you talk a little bit about, about the why? Like now, okay, we got this, now what? I got I got I got my college degree, now what? Why pro softball? Why, why? In no way do we play softball for the money. We play it because
0: this is a sport that we fell in love with for whatever reason at eight, nine, 10, 11 years old. And we just can't envision stopping playing. And it's sad because, you know, this is a dream that, like, if we're going to compare baseball to softball at 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, if you have this dream to be a professional baseball player
2: at a young age,
0: if you work hard to achieve this dream, it's very much possible that you can not only play the game that you love but be paid to do so and for women we're just trying to play as long as we can it's really just a passion we're literally doing it for the love that we have of the sport and so you know I think that the why that many of us have or my why is simply the fact that I I truly believe that I deserve more Um, I mean my why you know it's going to come down to the fact that I'm competitive it's going to come down to the fact I'm not ready to call myself I'm a retired athlete. I have so much more to give to this game. I have so much more that I want to do and want to achieve. And I'm very young for, you know, a professional athlete. I mean, so many athletes don't peak until their 30s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for so many young women to have to stop playing at, like, 23, 24 years old just because of the fact that they, they have to get a job mm-hmm. because they have to pay their rent. You know, it's very sad that this is almost more of a hobby than a profession for women in sports because it simply doesn't pay enough and at the end of the day when you have to get a job because your hobby isn't supporting you um, it's a really tough decision but it's just you know it's a decision that men don't have to make yes and so i mean for me i feel like my my fight isn't done for this sport my fight isn't done for myself and for those that come after me. I have two younger sisters and if they want to play professional softball I definitely want it to be in a better place for them than it was for me Mm -hmm. and I think that that's 100% my why. And At the end of the day I want to see the sport that I love grow and I want to see people reap the benefits of their hard work and not have to consider whether they have to give it up because they simply can't pay their rent this month. I just feel like that's, that's so sad that a professional athlete has to consider giving up or retiring early just because they can't eat.
2: You know, it just,
0: it's unheard of, especially if you're a man. And so I, I want the my fight is for that to be unheard of for women in sports as well. And until I feel like I've at least gotten close to what I'm trying to achieve, um, I don't feel like my fight or my, my why will end and I'll still be playing softball.
2: That's great. So now um, I've noticed... Specifically with you and, and, and some others, that you you have to be able to to brand yourself, you know. And I think I I love the way you branded yourself into this 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 Beyonce of softball, so to speak. And I I love that. I love that you even say that. That's great. And your personality and the way you carry yourself kind of does kind of sort of does make you like the Yonsei of softball. Um. But being able to be a TV hostess. You know a motivational speaker the things that you're doing with um with other you know brand, well, just branding yourself with with other brands and baruchi and all the other opportunities that you had you know h- how important is that to be able to brand yourself to to create other streams of revenue um whether it's endorsements or partnerships or you know affiliate affiliate relationships with, with different brands how, how's that how's that been working out for you
0: oh for me you know trying to create it's all about branding, in my opinion. Yes. In regards, you know, have the Beyonce a softball or or whatever it is that I'm promoting for myself. Because at the end of the day, it's just the fact that women in sports we just don't get that same recognition. We don't get that same media attention, uh, and so it's not enough just to be a great softball player for me to get the um, for me to get the recognition that I feel is due. And at the end of the day, right now, social media is all about numbers, and it's bad that that's what it is. It's bad that you have to have a certain amount of following for people to want to pay attention but that's just the the fact Mm -hmm. and so at the end of the day you know it's all about just trying to create a platform so that i can use the message that i have and reach more people Uh, for me it's not about having as many followers as possible it's just trying to reach as many people as possible Mm -hmm. and um, i think that really for me it's just it's just a matter of trying to what really is authentic to me. I Again, the way I carry myself is I feel like I am Beyonce softball. <laughs> I don't feel like it's cocky or conceited to say things like that. I think people need to have that self-esteem and that confidence in to be successful. And if that's what helps me, then I think that that's what I should roll with and that's what's going to allow me to be or to achieve all the things I want to achieve. And for whatever other athlete it is that allows them to, you know, get that confidence, maintain it, and to uh, be successful, that's what they have to do. And if there's a way for them to brand that or advertise that, I think that's what they should do. So you know, it's all about just it's all about positioning and how you want to be seen. And at the end of the day, I'm extremely confident. I love fashion. I love strutting my stuff. I love being in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I feel like I'm the Yonsei of softball.
2: <laughs> you are. <laughs> you are the fashion. Yonsei. <laughs> you are you are definitely the yanze of softball hands down nobody else is even close
1: <laughs> but, Thank I th- you. but i think
2: but i think softball needed a yanze softball was so boring softball has been like on like the professional level tries to create this like pristine perfect image which it's actually not we need some people who we need some personalities to emerge we need some creativity we need more drama we need more side stories we need people to just emerge from softball and be themselves and be who they are and just allow that to organically grow the sport and grow the interest in the sport because it's interesting to see wait, who's this who is this person dressed up with, with a softball glove on like what is she doing i'm interested in that like now I, now you have my now you have my intention you know what I'm saying? Like we need that though, so that's great that you've done that, and I'm and we because we definitely needed it and and in, in the game and um, wow, this is great. So um, so how do we get in touch? How do they? How do people follow you? How do they follow your life? Yeah, so
0: I'm on. I mean, the main platforms I use are Instagram and Twitter, and so both of those handles are AJ underscore Andrews underscore. And then I'm also on Facebook. I just have a really like a fan page. So you can find that with AJ Andrews mm-hmm. on there. And then I am on TikTok. I'm not like, I'm not on there all the time, but I do have videos
2: on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And so it's just the AJ Andrews on TikTok. That's phenomenal. Um, I'm going to give you the last words and then you want to say to, to, to my listeners, to our listeners. Uh, and then we'll end it off. Yeah,
0: I mean... I just want to leave everyone, you know, with, uh, at the end of the day, the only limits we have in this world are the ones that we place on ourselves, and so decide today that you're going to be limitless, and there's absolutely nothing that will hold you back from achieving your goals, and to all the young women out there that feel like they can't be something or can't achieve something, and you feel like there's there's just all these opportunities for men and not for women... Um, I would challenge you to dare to dream big because those big dreams truly can change the world and those big dreams can one day make history. So make sure that you don't align yourself with the possible and start really thinking about the impossible because impossible is nothing more than a dare It's not a declaration.